Divine Truth Assistance Group. These group assistance sessions are about putting principles of divine truth into action. This discussion is part of the 2014 Australia Group 1 series. Jesus gives individual feedback to group members. Filmed on the 19th of July 2014 in Monterey, New South Wales, Australia. How are you this morning? You've all started to get to know each other better? You found that? Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. It's so nice to spend a bit of time together so you get to know each other better. It's not just in and out, not really knowing anybody. Forced week together causes you to have to get to know someone. <laughs> yeah. How many of you feel like happy that you came? You all feel happy you came? Yeah. Good day. That's fantastic. Um, I know that, uh, you know, from a price point of view, all the costs involved uh, with the venue uh, meant that uh, the price was fairly, fairly well up there. But I suppose when you consider eight or nine days of help for basically, what is it? It worked out on the average for most of you less than $100 a day for that help. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Like in terms of... Uh, Obviously, myself and Mary and Corny have donated our time, and Lena and Eager, if we charge you for our time, it would be completely different. But, uh, but I, I think it's great, really, if you think about sort of all, all the things that have been involved in it. And all of these, all of the event will be eventually on YouTube and on the hard disk drive service as well. So, so that means that you can go back to anything. That's really good as well. So I'm really, and I'm really glad we got our new equipment because otherwise Lena and Eagle will be working for six months <laughs> rather than one and, one and a half months to get it all back up onto YouTube. Um, so that, that's, uh, and that would have precluded us from actually doing anything other than this the entire year. So, so that's all good as well. Another cool, coolish day. What we thought we'd do today is before we introduce the program proper, I thought I'd go through these lists with the leftover people. Does that sound all right with you? Would you like that? Yep. Those of you who uh, received the stuff yesterday, you were okay with that? You've, yep, pretty good, pretty good with that? Okay. Okay, well, I'll just get this list sorted. And then we'll go through... All right, um, we're up to you, Cavill. Where's Cavill? There she is. If you want to grab a mic for Cavill, thank you. Miley's doing the mic on one side. Who's doing the mic on this side? Don't. Thanks, thanks guys. All right, your, was it, yours was a question to Mary, actually. It was, yes. It was, yes. So just hold it up. Um, yeah, um, is it all right if I answer it? I think I think yes. pretty much we've answered that question, don't you think? When the I pre- look at, when I look at my, um, you know, the question was a little longer than that. It's actually about the whole thing that's happened in the last few days. So, yes, yeah. Yeah, so my answers are in there. But if there's anything you'd like to add, I'm happy um, to. No, I, I feel I feel Carol start with the addictions because that's where yes. we do our problems. So the question Carol had was. I would like assistance with my addictions around my soulmate and long-term damaging relationships. Right? So, so this, if you think about the advice I gave mm. to Nina and to um, to Joy the other day yes. about all those things, a lot of some of that also yep. applies, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, and this is something for you ladies to think about, 
That advice usually applies to almost every one of you who have been spending time together on a regular basis. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, and there's an attraction in process when, when you get together as a group of women and all of you are without your soulmates and uh, then you try to work out why you're without your soulmates but not looking at the addictions at all in play, then what happens is that you, you skip over your addictions and hope it's something else. Basically, yep. you're hoping that it's something else other than addictions. And so my suggestion is start with your addictions. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Mm. And you know all about how to do that now? I do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Alan, where's Al? Here you go, mate. Over this side. So you, your question was, why do I str struggle to feel my anger? I've become really sad lately because I feel I've treated my son badly. Should I focus on repentance or feel how angry I am and go that way? <laughs> we talked a bit about it last night. We did, yeah. So I feel that we've probably answered that question about where to go. You need to be real, right? And this is yeah. something that everybody needs to do. We need to be real. And to be real, you've got to, you've got to honour, yes, I am quite angry. And remember yesterday and the day before when I've talked about when in front of the audience here with different people who are feeling angry, remember I was, I was always saying to them, it's a choice to go there. You're, you're choosing to go there. And there's always a hurt reason inside of you why you choose to go there rather than feel the hurt re another hurt. Does that make sense? I made a choice when I was young not to be like my father because he's very, got a lot of rage and still has. And, yep. And, and it, whenever I visited him once a year or twice a year, it was exactly the same man that I left when yeah. I was young. A year ago, yeah. And it just felt like with, through the natural love teachings, I could find out a way where I could bury that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just never and, worked. And you, yeah, but you have, you know, that's one of the attractions to what you would classify new age teachings, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. One yeah. of your attractions to it was, I, I can bury this anger using some of these techniques. That, right? That's right. The key is you're going to have to feel it, but, but understand that under each feeling of rage, there is an addiction not being met. So what we've got to do is feel the addiction not being met, whatever that addiction is. And, and remember yesterday I was talking to Louise about some of the, her issues with anger, about not wanting to repent, and I listed some of those feelings she didn't want to feel. Yep. Right? Yeah. And that's the reason why we revert to anger, because of the feelings we don't want to feel. So it's always about the feelings, yeah. and, and the key for you is to start to discover what some of those feelings are. And, and the best way to do that, I've found, is you can sit with your anger and then ask yourself, what is it? that I wanted. <laughs> what is it that I wanted here that I wasn't getting, you know? Like, yeah. And that, that's where you can always begin, the feeling that you wanted that you didn't get. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Yep. No worries. So, Margaret, you've already got an answer to your questions, so you've said that to me. Um, Phil, uh, over here. So, same question pretty much, isn't it, about anger? Pretty, pretty well the same. How, how do I get beyond that? It's, it's sort of like um, I can feel the, the anger coming up. If you go a bit closer with the mic. Feel the anger coming up, yep. but it won't come out. I'm so scared of it coming out. Right. So, what you look at whenever something, you can feel it rising, but you don't even get to actually expressing it. Yes. What you need to look at there are your judgments. 
right. your personal judgments about the feeling. So if you, if you feel sadness coming up and you don't feel it, then you've got judgments about sadness. If you feel fear coming up but you don't feel it, you've got judgments about fear. If you feel anger coming up and you don't feel it, there's judgments about anger. Okay. So what you need to do is examine your judgments. Remember Mary in her talk about getting to the hurt child said you have yes. to work on these judgments. Yes. So these judgments are things like, you know, dad might have been an angry man and you vowed you'd never become like him. Mm, that's, like true. That, that's a judgment, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you might find that uh, when you were a child, like I had one time when I was angry when I was a child, uh, when I, I say I was a child, I, was, I, say, I suppose I was 16, so I probably wasn't a child, I was driving a car, and I just slammed the door of my car and the whole window shattered. <laughs> That's how, how much I slammed the door. And, and then it just felt after that, well, every time I express my angry anger, I pay for it. Exactly. Right, so I decided exactly. to not express anger anymore because every time I did in the past, I had to pay something for it, you know, right. either monetarily or otherwise. Yeah. And so I stopped feeling my anger. Yeah. Mine shut down because I applied it in the wrong direction. I, it was like a defence. I was cornered yeah. and then I hurt someone. And, and you felt bad about it. I felt bad them. about it and went back into the self-punishment. Yeah. So go to off. that event now yes. and feel some of the feelings that you've now been avoiding by avoiding your anger. So... Do you understand? Like, yes. so, so you've put another layer on, on top, top of, of your it. anger. Yes. Yeah. And what you need to do is take that layer off, and that layer off is all the judgment. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is the feeling that you felt yeah. of guilt, responsibility, yes. and all of these other feelings that yeah. you also wanted to shut down at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I got a glimpse of that um, two days ago with the hurt child. Good. I could actually see the hurt yeah. child. And, and remember, these yeah. hurts are not just child hurts, are they? Because the, remember, we, te- we told you during this discussion about the hurt child that the hurts begin at childhood, yes. and mostly they occur in childhood, but, but every continue. time you choose to do something unloving, you are hurting yourself, exactly. and your hurt self will have a storage of that emotion. Right. So that could be when you're an adult, when you're 16, 25, 30, 33, you, know, you could be riding along in the car and hit somebody okay. with the car, and feel that and shut that down. Well, there's another hurt that's locked up at that age. Yeah. You know, you might have been 40 when you felt that. So, so don't assume that all of your hurt is just child hurt. Okay. Because yeah. right? mm-hmm. there are parts of our hurt. In fact, a large part of our hurt can be associated with our own unloving choices, which we then deny. It. That's right. Yeah. 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 So that helps. Yes. Good definitely. Right. Thank you, Sheridan. Where is Sherry? There she is. Um, your statement was, I am very narcissistic and lack genuine concern for others. I agree completely. <laughs> and I am wondering, what is the cause of the narcissism in me and what do I need to address to feel and get through this? Yeah. Right. So what do you get out of being self-absorbed? I feel like I get to blame other people for the pain I'm in. Correct. Yeah. Anything else that you can... Um. I feel just being demanding and feeling like I'm allowed to be demanding. Correct. That's one of the things. You, you feel that you're allowed to be mm. in this self-absorbed place because that, that everyone should be doing what you want. Right? Yes. So this yeah. is a big issue with regard to the facade. 
Yes. Isn't it? So yep. you can see that? Yep. Yep. It plays out heavily in your relationship with Steve. Yes. In fact, the entire time I've known you, your relationship with Steve hasn't really changed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And can I talk to just Steve briefly about that? Yeah, sure. You don't want to confront her. You don't want to yeah. confront this narcissistic, self-absorbed behaviour because you, every time you do, what do you get? Anger. Anger. An anger response. Yeah. yeah. So, so you lack the courage to stand up for God's truth in the situation with your wife. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and at some point, you're going to have to learn to be courageous. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, would, I would look at why you lack courage with women. What, in particular, it's with women. There's also a general issue with it, but if you think about it with women, you, you just don't open your mouth when you know you're going to get into trouble, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know with Sherry that you're possibly going to get in trouble quite frequently once you start opening your mouth about the behaviour. <laughs> yeah. And so you, you shut down that entire process. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Yep. So my suggestion to you, this is what I would classify as a codependent addiction. You get something from it when you appease her. And Sherry gets something from it. And unless you're both willing to deconstruct what you get, nothing will change. Yeah. And you'll get no closer to God no matter what you do. Okay. Right? Yep. Can I also say to both of you that any person who comes to you for assistance, uh, you know, with massage or any other th technique you're using, any person who comes to you for assistance is going to feel the dynamic of your relationship and none of their emotions which are similar to yours will ever be addressed. So, so, in other words, you can't help another person get out of the emotion that you guys are in. Yep. yep. So that's something to also consider. You can't help other people while you remain in this codependent addiction with each other. Yep. Yep. Okay, thank you. Help? Yep. Good day. Uh, Matthew, where is he? There he is, right next to you. Um, why do I want to feel powerful in my pain and damage? I want others to feel as bad as I do. Well, you hit the nail on the head, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I want others to feel as bad as you do. Mm. And the, the problem with this is that you're holding on to that idea or desire of wanting others to feel as bad as you do. Yeah. And, and all that does is basically pull down other people and pull down yourself further because your soul will damage every time you want somebody else to share in your damage. So, so from what you've learned this week, you can see there's quite a lot of things that you could help, that could help you address that problem. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And my suggestion again would be to focus on what does the power place give you? What what addiction does it feed, and what does it help you avoid? So what? Yeah. What does it give me? So what does it give you? What does it feed? What mm. is it? What 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 do you feel? You feel good when you do it. There's a, and there's so it's an addiction. And you're, and you're feeding it. So you're feeling good when you're feed, feeding it. And the question is, what does it help you, the, what pain does it help you then avoid? So, so you've got to look at what your, the addiction is to the, to the feeling of power over others, right? Yeah. And wanting them to share or, or even be harmed the same way you feel harmed. Yes. And then what it is inside of you that you're attempting to avoid, the hurt that's inside of you, that you're attempting to avoid. Now, with all these issues, by the way, just a general comment, there is going to need to be sincere desire before anything will change, obviously. It's your life. You're the one in control of it. If you don't do anything about these issues, they will continue. 
until you decide differently, right? And it's the use of your will which has to be engaged to change some of these problems. So I want to spend some time reflecting on that and like reflecting on... Feel the feeling you get. See, um, yeah. many of you spend time reflecting intellectually, but you don't let yourselves feel the feeling you get. It's the feeling that has to be released before any change can occur. Okay. So feel the feeling you get. Does that make sense to everyone? Many of you are reflecting, but you're not feeling after you reflect. And, and you need to feel something for any change to occur. Yeah. So, so the first thing is to feel how much you want it. Remember, go through what Mary talked to you about challenging the addiction. Feel how much you want it. Start there. Acknowledge, get to the point where you acknowledge that you I don't you're, want everyone to feel that bad and stuff. And just that's right. And, and also get to the point where you acknowledge that your feelings are a sin, actually, that they are harming people because hmm. you've not got to that point yet. So allow yourself to reflect upon those issues that you've been taught this week. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Good eye. Rizza. Where is Rizza? Here it is, right down the front. And you've crossed it out. Yeah, do you? Oh, there's one at the end. Oh, right at the end. Okay. Okay. A more important one. Is that right? Is it? Yeah, this is a very good question, actually. You've, 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 the, the second way you've asked this question, much better than the first way you asked the question. So let's, let's do this. What are the blocks that prevent sexual intimacy in my relationship and is it a matter of forgiving both mother and father, is the question. Well, obviously it is a matter of forgiving both mother and father. There are going to be causal emotional injuries with both mum and dad, so there is a process. But you're asking in particular with regard to sexual intimacy. Your major block is what I would classify as being your passive-aggressive rage projected at the woman. So it's not an aggressive rage. Do you know what I mean? You know the difference between a passive-aggressive rage and an aggressive one? Yeah. Right? An aggressive rage would just be in her face, condemning her and all those kind of things all the time. But your way of doing it is by withdrawing, making her have to work for... You know, the effort. And even it's shutting you down sexually in terms of your sexual performance. That's how much anger there is there with regard to women. So I would start with looking at your relationship with your mother mm -hmm. and what really happened compared to what you currently think happened. Now, a very good book to read about that is the Scott, book that... Scott, Scott Trexler or something? Sorry? Scott Fetz, Fetzer or... No. There's one about there's one about passive aggressive men. There is, no? but no. but the real place to start is you need to identify what actually happened in your relationship between you and your mum, right? And at this stage, you don't have much awareness of what's happened in your relationship between. Not you much and clarity. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is a really good book for that, and it's a book that uh, Wayne, where's Wayne, has been reading recently. You've enjoyed the book, haven't you? Yep. So uh, that book is called. Silently Seduced, if we pass the mic across. just for... Silently Seduced by Kenneth Adams. By Kenneth Adams. Silently Seduced by Kenneth Adams. It's about emotional, uh, what I'll classify as emotional, um, what would you call it? Incest, emotionally incestuous relationships. 
and what happens with emotionally incestuous relationships. You have a lot of very, uh, what I would classify as stored up rage towards women mm. that you have never been able to express and you've got to be able to get this stuff out of you without actually dumping it on a woman now. You know? Yeah. And, and that book will help you identify what's happened in your relationship with your mother. Now, because of this issue with your relationship with mum, there, there is a lot of sexual anger in you that's all been bottled up, never been expressed. And in fact, there is a belief in you that if you express it, the situation will be worse with women, not better. Right? And, mm. and so that's one of the blockages that are stopping you from expressing some of this fear, these feelings. And the other blockage is almost a complete denial of, your, of the reality of your relationship with your mother, what actually happened. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Now, pass it across to Wayne because um, Wayne's issue was similar, isn't it? Like related sexual stuff. Yeah. It's all to do with sexual addictions, like getting rid of sexual addictions. Yeah. You're already on the right track, mate. Yeah. You, you don't need to worry about it. Reading that book, I think, has opened your eyes a fair bit, right? Yeah. Helps you see the emotional dependencies you have yeah. with regard to women and what you're hoping to get out of the relationship. Yeah. So this should help you immensely. With, with actually becoming aware of what the actual emotional reasons are why there is this desire for pornography or other, or other things that feed the sexual addiction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think you're pretty much on track yeah. with where you need to go already. Just, just do, do more of that. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good um, If we just go back to where I was... You, I've got some questions about that. Uh, no? Nina? You go to Nina and across to Felix. The now, same, we'll see how we battle with this rain. We'll see how we go. The same guy, Kenneth Adams, has also written a book called When He's Married to Mum. When He's Married to Mum? Yeah, and, and if you're looking it up on the web, Mum is spelt M-O-M, the U.S. way. The U.S. way. And that goes into, it's, he wrote Silently Seduced first, and then he wrote that next book. Right. Can any of you hear anything? Yep. Okay. Good day. Felix, you wanted to say? Um, I was, I was uh, thinking a bit about what, what you uh, told me once and... Do you feel my? I feel like um, my situation might be a bit similar, but I just um, and I can't really remember. Uh, I, I don't know. I seem. Do you feel my situation with my mother is is quite similar? Because it's exactly the same. Yeah. And in fact, your situation is quite. Um, your situation is even more damaged. I feel, to be honest, mm -hmm. because. Um, you don't see there being any problem between yourself and your mum at this point in time. Yeah. And, and in fact, if anything, if you think of it, you both see each other as your best friends, basically. Right? So um, there is a lot going on between you and your mother. Yeah. And she created a lot of it, but you don't see a lot of it. That makes sense? So I'd kind of benefit from reading those. You would benefit yeah. from reading the same book. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sue, thank you. 
Does that apply to, to my section? I'm not hearing you, Steve. Right. Does that You're, apply... Remember, the speakers are going that direction, not my direction. Okay. Does that apply to me as well in my relationship with my father? Yes. Many yeah. of you ladies have a codependent, uh, what I'd call an emotionally incestuous relationship with your father, and many of the men have an emotionally incestuous relationship with the mother. And the, the, the way it gets created is very simple. Can I show you? There's... There's your father or your, and your mother. They are in a relationship, yes? Mm -hmm. So they have a relationship, which is the whole thing that bound them together was that they desired sexual relationship. Does that make sense? Now, they have injuries with their own parents, so they're expecting certain things in this relationship. When the woman doesn't get from the man what she wants, she, if she has a male child, she will attempt to get whatever is missing in the relationship from the male child. She has. Does that make sense? Yep. So she will be more attracted to her male children than her female children. She will attempt to groom this male child into feeding the addictions that she has that are not getting met in the relationship. Now, the male does the same thing. When he doesn't get what he thinks he wants from this physical relationship, you know, whether that's attention, approval, acceptance and sexual attention and all these other things, what does he do? If he has a girl child, he will actually go to the girl child and attempt to get some of those feelings from the girl child. So now they're basically using the children as a substitute or a surrogate for what is ever missing in their own relationship. And that's how all of these emotionally incestuous relationships begin. Does everyone get that? So, so if we are a parent who's done that with a child, we need to look at what is missing, what we feel we wanted, and what this child is now giving us because we've groomed them to give it. And a lot of times these children, when they grow up to be adults, they actually think that that's a good thing, that they give that thing. Right? So these children are often totally unaware of the emotionally incestuous relationship because they have been groomed to believe that it's a good thing and not something that's been damaging to them. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah? If we go to straight behind to... Uh, I can't... Ja Jackson, that's right. Straight behind. Could I just ask... No? Yeah. Can I go to Jackson? <laughs> and, and across to Seth. Hi, um... I was brought up by my grandma and my dad. Yes. Um, would it be possible that my grandma was in an incestuous relationship with both my dad and I? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's also possible with grandparents? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Seth? Jesus, I think that's maybe what I had with my father because I can remember that I was the one. I had to run around and whether it was my aged, aged great uncle or the man next door, I had to run away from what I was doing and just give him everything he wanted and be that little performing little thing. Yeah. Is there a question? I think that's... Is that well, that's a statement, same? but that's not a question. Is that the same in my case? Well, it says one of the things you are constantly doing with men is you're trying to make me responsible for your emotional work now. And what I'm saying is you either have a question, which you don't actually have, oh. you're making a statement, 
and then you're asking for my approval with whether that statement's true or not. This is you engaging this addiction with men. And I can't feed it. Does that make sense? So let's move on. Denise? It's getting there. It's a long way away around, right the way around. <laughs> Staying out of the way of the cameras. <laughs> Joellen's doing a good job there. Um, so Jesus, is, is this what can open the female child up then to sexual abuse? Of course then? it makes both children open to sexual abuse. Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. If we go back to Kerry. How many, and also, like, you think about it. How many mothers get really, really upset when their sons find another girl? And how many fathers get really, really upset when their daughters find another man? Why do they get so upset? Because they're emotionally attached to that child. They want things from that child that this new relationship is going to confront. And that's why they get upset. Right? So every time a father gets upset about who the daughter is coming home with, he's just showing or demonstrating that he has an emotionally incestuous relationship with his daughter. And every time the, the, the wife in this, in this relationship gets upset with the son for, you know, it's okay a lot of women have this thing, it's okay for him to have sex with her, but to marry her, that's not a good thing, right? And that is a demonstration of the emotionally incestuous relationship she has with her son. Right? So it's pretty easy to see these relationships if we're honest, but the problem is a lot of times in families nowadays, we even see emotionally incestuous relationships as normal and we see a, a father who's interested in the welfare, over, what I call is overly interested in the welfare of his daughter, as a normal thing. Right? You even sometimes in some religious faiths, and including the Christian faith, has this idea that the daughter is married to daddy until she finds the proper mate. And that dad, he has a right to determine who that proper mate is. Right? Which is, which is, if you think about it, a very long-standing injury in humanity that the parents have the right to determine what the children decide to do. Right? All of those things are indications of emotionally incestuous relationships. They are all going to have to change if you really ever want to have a soulmate relationship, but they also all have to change if you really want a relationship with God because if you really want a relationship with God, you should not be harming your children this way. Right? So this is why it's so important to deal with those two sets of issues. Um, does the child ever get repelled by that? Well, not, not until the child develops some awareness that there's, there's a taking from going on inside of them. Now, some children develop that awareness in their teenage years, but if they don't demonstrate this awareness in their teenage years, it is highly unlikely they'll demonstrate it for many, many years thereafter. And it's often the partner of the children. So when this guy gets married to this woman and gets all, receives all this jealousy from mummy, right? that's when the partner starts saying to the man, look, your mum's got a problem with you. <laughs> you know, We've got a problem in our relationship now because you want mummy more than you want me, right? And things like that. So, so often it's when these guys or these women have a relationship of their own that the partner in the relationship starts exposing the issue. 
Now, many of these, this kind of man is going to, uh, going to attract a woman who's very similar to his mother. So she is going to have ultra jealousy about the mother because she wants total domination of him. Does that make sense? So mum wanted domination of him. He grows up with mum dominating him. Then he has a relationship. He's going to attract a woman who wants to dominate him. But now this woman and this woman are in competition to each other. What do you think is going to happen then? Then we get some fireworks, right? And the poor guy, he's just sitting there in the middle going, which one do I go to? Now this also happens often on the female side, obviously. Does that make sense? Often these kind of women, because they've been set up to believe they are really good and they are superior to other women and they are, you know, because that's what daddy has given them these emotions of, daddy in fact is treating the daughter as if the daughter is superior to his wife, right? So she grows up believing she is superior. So what she will attract a man, in this example, who who believes himself to be inferior to woman, has to pander to woman and give her all the feelings that she's nice and lovely and beautiful and sexy and all those things. And then as soon as he says just one thing out of line, that's it. There's no love in this relationship. I'm out the door. That's the kind of relationship that normally happens there. Because this woman often does not ever confront the fact that she is in a really in a soulmate relationship with her daddy. Uh, and it's not a real soulmate relationship, obviously. So there's a lot of relationship dynamics that are all to do with addictive cause- causes. Does that make sense? If we go to come down to Alan. Right now, I can't recognise that I may have that relationship with my father. However, it has played out in the men. Totally. Yeah. Because you basically expect your partner to to see, all the time see you as the best person, always nice, always loving, always this. And you're not always those things, right? Yeah. Uh, This is what you expect from him. And yes, in, in Neil's case, he does give you those things. Yeah. Frequently. And so this is not confronted. What's happening here hasn't confronted your relationship with your father at all. Well, he's always um, never liked him. And he disappro- he's pretty much disapproved of all the men that I've known. Of course. Yeah. Because he has an emotionally incestuous relationship with you. But last night, in the middle of the night, I, I woke up from a nightmare in which I was being abused for the first time ever I woke up from that. I've had other sleep state things, but... Was that abuse from my father? It didn't feel like it. Well, you need to worry about your dreams as a separate issue. I don't oh, want to okay. discuss that. I just here. thought maybe it had been brought up by something. Certainly yeah. it will. Yeah. You, you will actually start having things like even... Some people potentially when they start having these dreams, they have a dream even that there's some sexual interaction between themselves and that parent. And that, that's an indication of something you're not facing generally in your awake state, that there is a sexual interaction actually occurring. It may not be a physical one. Correct. Yeah, but okay. It's all, every emotional interaction is a physical one. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's God's not touching physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it okay. Because it's the, the, it's the exchange of sexual energy between the two parties, right? Right. The problem is for these children is they often are completely unaware of that until 
a relationship occurs, and if they've attracted a relationship from, from the same kind of a man, they're often not going to be unaware of, they're going to be unaware of that for a long period of time. It's only when they attract a relationship where the other person has the same demand that the parent has that there is often an instant conflict. Mm. And, but they, this person very rarely blames mum. They, will, they would generally go, no, she was a bit of a bitch actually, I'm glad I got rid of her. Right? And this is the thing, the complete unawareness in the child is, it has been developed by the relationship being formed at a very young age and established at a very young age. Remember, in your first incarnation, you don't have any idea what love is, right? So you learn what you believe love to be from these, these relationships and if mummy taught you love is that you've got to do whatever the woman wants, that's what you're going to grow up believing, and you're going to think you're a good man doing it. You're actually going to believe that you're a good person doing it. My father actually said to me when I was really um, upset about something and I was about 14 or 15, basically, you were the firstborn and the best loved. And that made me feel pretty shit, you know, about the others. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has told, he's even told you how he feels about you. Right, if you think about it, it's pretty sleazy in the end, but he doesn't see it as such. He sees it as a good thing, right? So he taught you it was a good thing. Yeah. Thanks. Good eye. Um, Shelley, can we? Um, maybe this will be the last question about this subject because uh, there's a few more to go here. Uh, so I'm not aware that there might be an emotionally incestuous relationship with my dad, but. On my mum's side, I was sexually abused by her brother and my mum made me sort of feel as though like I needed to, I don't know, please them somehow. And so I'm wondering if I'm in total denial of something that was going on with my dad. Well, I would suggest that if they're, the way you treat Steve, yes, you're in total denial of something going on with your dad. Okay. Right? However, usually what happens if one gender abuses a child, and particularly sexually, the other gender has known or been aware of it and might not approve of it, but actually feels like they can't stop it for some reason. Yes. Sense. Yeah. And, and that's a la that, that means that you're attracted to that kind of a person because that's your idealised form of, your, of the male. So if the male lacks courage, you're going to be attracted to a male who lacks courage. You're going to see courage actually as a very overbearing, yeah. uncomfortable thing. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I said to Steve, it's interesting how you pointed out the softness was a facade and straight away I said to Steve, oh, I think this is going to be scary for me if you're not soft. Yeah. Like it's going to feel threatening, I think, if he loses that facade. Well, a, a man who's truly developed is still gentle, but yeah. he has a very developed sense of himself, a very yeah. developed sense of his will, a very developed sense of what he wants to do in his life, and that freaks the hell out of you. Yes, it does. Because right? yep. <laughs> you want him to do everything you want. Yes. You don't want him to do what he wants. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's the addiction, right? Yeah. Well, let's move on. Um, Eloisa, how do I love God? Where's, where's Eloisa? There you go. Your question you had here is how do I love God? How do I grow a passionate desire for this and grow faith? I feel like you've covered all my questions or are going to. But Yeah, today yeah. you're going to get a lot of answers about that. Thank you. So, so you don't need to worry. No. Just listen to today. You'll have plenty of ideas. Thanks heaps. Cecilia, 
Where is Cecilia? Over there. Good on you. Celia, you know that many of your questions have already been answered through the course of the week. But can I just say something to you that's really noticeable? You are heavily attacked by women's spirits all the time and you blame yourself for the attack. Do you understand? I have no idea because I I know that I have a fearful spirit, so I feel like I'm very detached from all these connections. You are very very detached because you're very afraid, actually, of them. And you, oh. even the way you think is tainted by their thoughts about you. So, for example, if I talk to you about your mother and how bad she was, you want to blame yourself about it. That's because these spirits are blaming you about it. These spirits are feeding you constantly information which causes you to blame you. Does that make sense? And, and now that I'm saying it, you can feel some grief about that. It's, it's very cruel what they're doing to you and, and, uh, and, and unfortunately you allow it because you've been taught it through your relationship with your parents to, to accept this kind of abuse. So if you can acknowledge that from an emotional perspective and feel what you feel about it, you will find that you'll be able to disconnect from them and you'll have a much more accurate viewpoint of yourself than you currently do. You are a much better person than you currently believe yourself to be. And the reason why that is the case is because these spirits with you are causing you to believe that you're a terrible person all the time. So just be careful about self-analysis here because you're not accurately analysing yourself. You are receiving the abuse of a lot of spirits who are telling you you're a bad person and you believe it. And that's that's where you need to start. You need to start with that feeling that you are a bad person and that needs to you need to do something about that belief. You need to have God's viewpoint of yourself, which is that God loves you and cares about you. And what I'm saying to you directly is that you are a much better person than you believe yourself to be. You understand? This is causing a lot of your problems. Okay? That's not the question you asked. <laughs> but that's the one I would give you the answer for. Okay. Clint, where is he? There he is, over there. No? I feel stagnated in my desires relating to my life direction. I want to redirect my desires in a godly direction. How do I do this? Yeah. You know how you do it? You give up trying to satisfy the women. Yep. You, you don't want to do that? No. No. Because why, why don't you want to do that? You get most of your worth satisfied, the addiction for worth, is satisfied by what you do for women. Yes. And this is the reason why you are not seeing your own desires and not following them. You can't even see them at at this point because all you see is the desire for the relationship with the woman. That's all you see. Yep. Yep. So that's not developing you. That's just feeding the woman whatever yep. she wants. Right? And the that's last the five conversations just now. Of course, a lot yeah. of them will apply. You yeah, know, that's, yeah. Everyone will find that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the main problem you have, is that while you are feeding the woman's desires all the time and trying to enable the woman's desires all the time, you are going to forget your own and you like that because you get some things from the woman in return. 
So you get a bit of sex and a bit of approval and a bit of acceptance and those yep. kind of things, all those things that you're yep. addicted to. And as a result, you have no desire at this point to look at your life direction aside from how it affects the woman. Yes. That makes sense? Thank you. G'day. Yep. Uh, Jackson. We have mic over to Jackson. <coughs> how are we going so far? Okay. Jackson, you asked a good question. Why do I have social anxiety, fear of eye contact, extreme nervousness, not knowing what to say? Um, social anxiety is usually caused through one primary problem, and that is your belief about yourself, what you believe yourself to be. You have a very poor assessment of your own self. You have a similar problem in a way to Cecilia, in that you believe yourself to be much worse than you actually are. Do you, do you understand? Yep. This, unfortunately for you, though, has made you quite narcissistic at times. In other words, you've become so self-absorbed in this emotion that you even now force other people to engage you a certain way. And, and it's only the people who show a really strong, direct interest in you that you will engage. Yeah. Does that make sense? That so someone sense. has to come up to you, grab you, sit you down, say, I want to know you, and then you'll engage them. Other than that, you don't, you don't put yourself out in the world and start demonstrating a desire to engage the world. So that's an addiction. Yeah. An addiction to withdraw from everybody yeah. is, is feeding this fear you have that you're not good enough to, withdraw, to, to engage everybody. So that's one of the primary issues. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The other issue I feel you face is that um, there, are, there are times when you're very passive-aggressive with it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So you'll feel sorry for yourself and sorry for yourself that nobody's taking interest in you. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know that feeling, right? Yeah. And the key for you is to allow yourself to feel why you feel so sorry for yourself. Yeah. And this is you actually deciding to not challenge the addiction you're in. Okay. Does that challenge, make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The way to challenge it is to, is to start talking to people and engaging people yeah. and be you in front of yeah. people like, and say what you feel. And but, but unfortunately what you're doing is you're always trying to assess what they think about you before you begin anything. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to give up other people's opinion of you. Now, this tells me that in your childhood, there was a lot of opinions directed at you about you, and you've accepted them. So that's where the hurt is. Okay. Yep. Having opinions from your parents or your family or your upbringing, in your case, grandma, dad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at school as well. Yep. yep. Where people have told you certain things about yourself that you've accepted. Yeah, that, that, that's all I know, really. Correct. Entire school, yeah. Yeah. And you are very open to being told negative things about yourself. Yes. And, and, but also, you now are in a bit of addiction about it because what you try to do now is you, it's almost like a test of everybody. Unless they, unless they come up to me, grab me, you know, visit me down, engage me, I don't want to know them. Right, so there's this test that you're implying across everybody that everybody's not interested in you, and it's only the people that are really, 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 really interested in you that you will allow full engagement of. Yeah, it's a, it's a fear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's a um, fairly strong fear, isn't it? Yeah, right, for yourself. Yeah. 
So I would start with those couple of things, the hurt from being told that you're worse than than you actually are, and then the second the second thing I mentioned is this addiction you have of withdrawing. Confront the addiction of withdrawal. Yep. Thank you. Good day. Good day. Diane. Diane Livingston. There she is. Multi generational terror and sexual abuse. Um, I can't read all your writing. Sorry. Okay. Um, my, well, I've had a, I've had a lot of rage inside of me. Yeah. And I, I don't know where it comes from. Apart from, my mother was in a Japanese prison of war camp, and my grandmother. Yeah. My mum was there from the age of eighteen months to five years old. She doesn't remember anything, and yeah. my grandmother never talked about it. Yeah, that's a lot of suppressed emotion. Yeah. And I don't know whether. Something happened to me when I was really small that I've completely it suppressed. Need to, because no. just that emotion alone in your mum would have entered you at the moment of conception, yeah. and things would be very different. You have uh, you have this idea or concept of your mother that she's such a lovely, kind person. Right? Well, I, I know she's not, but I know what she, I know what her life was like. Yeah. See, you keep making allowances for her. Mm. She chose to suppress, and by the way, a lot of people in the war did this. They chose to suppress the trauma. When you choose to suppress trauma, most people believe that you can, you can basically fragment off a part of yourself and forget about that part of yourself and move on with life, and this is what your mother chose to do. Yeah. Right? This is one of the most damaging things you can do to your children. Right? So even though her intention might have been like her idea of good, yeah. the reality is that it caused a lot of damage to you. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and her choice to suppress her terrible trauma mm-hmm. has caused now you to be in the state of feeling a lot of this trauma, even mm-hmm. as a child. So my suggestion is that you will... There's this aspect of seeing what your mother chose to do Forget about understanding it for a while. Just see what she chose to do and the terrible effect it's had on the rest of your life. Mm. And this is going to be something that your mum is going to have to come to terms with at some point in her future. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And in fact, every parent who's ever experienced trauma in their childhood who then denied that trauma and fragmented off a part of themselves to not even remember it is going to find that such actions have caused terrible damage to their children. Yeah. And that is one thing they are going to have to, at some point, be repentant for. Yeah. It's, and I feel like some of it has to do with sexual abuse. Of because, course. And I, she would have um, observed a lot of it in yeah. that childhood experience. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, it runs through me. Like I, I feel like my rage has been like a sexual yep. thing. And it, it's, it's, I suppressed it for so long and then... After I gave birth to my children, it's like it exploded out of me and I didn't know what to do with it. Yep, yep. The key always is to allow the expression of these things, but understand that a lot of this emotion is emotion that entered you as a result of your mother's suppression of it, rather than being personal experiences that you've personally gone through. Yeah. But the emotion is still going to feel like you've gone through it. Yeah, and that's what's been really confusing because I've felt when I've gone through processes of 
of trying to process my rage. I've felt like I've wanted to kick someone off me, and I've. Yeah. Yeah. But I, no memory has come to me, so I just no. have been really confused. Yeah, about and it. You, the key is to not worry about no memories coming to you. Just mm. go with the feelings, process these feelings through. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah. a very difficult thing for a child of a of of a child of a child, mm. the child you of a child your mother who has been traumatized. If the if the if the mother did not address the trauma, because yeah. what happens is that trauma enters as emotions the child at the time from conception onwards, and and the problem is there will be no real uh, memory of these events. No. So so it means you're going to have to trust your emotional experience a okay. lot more than the average person might need to trust their emotional experience. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't know whether I was just looking for an excuse for why I'm so screwed up. And I was just inventing things. Yeah, no. How many of you have had parents who have been in the war? That's quite a lot, right? You all have this same thing to deal with. Because any parent who's been in a war of any kind and then they had you, they didn't deal with their trauma, then they had you, their trauma will enter you. And so many times the trauma that you feel is actually it's a trauma that's in you now emotionally, but unfortunately it's not even your, it's not something that happened personally to you. Does that make sense? But you're going to have to let yourself experience the emotion to release it. Mm. So this is a terrible thing that parents do to their children. Who, If the parents ex experience trauma, your best course of action is always to address the trauma head on. Because if you don't, your children are going to finish up having quite a lot of traumatic emotions to feel without the memories associated with them. And that's very hard for most people to engage, right? And this is something myself and Mary and all the 14 have to do. We have memories, we have emotions with no necessary memories associated with them. But, but for the average person, that's not the case. The average person has all of their emotions have memories associated with these emotions, right? But for people who are children of childhood, of, of people who have experienced childhood trauma, and it's, it's unfortunately this process has to go, be gone through from an emotional perspective by the child who didn't experience the trauma. And will my daughters have the same thing in them? Yes, they will. Yes, to a lesser extent usually, but yes, they will. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. it is a problem that is a, a big problem with war and a big problem with these big events that are worldwide that cause trauma to large groups of people is generations afterwards pay for the, for the traumatisation. Right, and this is one of the results of our desire to go to war, and and then try to fragment off the results of the war. Yeah. And well, I've got two sisters who are younger than me. I was the eldest. Yeah. Will they have got the same amount? Not necessarily the same amount. Um, you see, as your mother has progressed in her life, there would have been some things that triggered some of this trauma, right? And so usually it's the first child of the same gender that received most of the trauma. And then depending on how much mum got triggered and, and released some emotion throughout her life um, will depend on how much the next child and the next child actually got the trauma. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's going to be different for every person in the family. You won't all have the same amount. Yep. Thank you. It just, just depends on what the mother or father chose to do. Um, after you, they gave birth to the first child, 
and in between giving birth to the first and the second and conceiving the second, what kind of emotions came up for her, right? Mm. Even the process of having a child would have caused some memories probably, mm. some emotions to come up. And this is why many women actually get things like post, you know, postnatal depression and mm. things like that. The suppression of some of this multi-generational trauma occurs at the time of childbirth because of the birth canal being associated with the vagina yeah. and so forth. And there's all these associations that go on that then cause the the memories of the physical, the feeling of mm. trauma to, to rise. Well, certainly when I had my children, that happened to me, but I didn't know what, to, I just suppressed, I tried to suppress it, but I ended up taking it out on them. Yeah. Because I yeah. didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So these are things that we have to forgive uh, our parents for, but also have to repent for towards our children. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. We come down to Karen. Um, Karen's another person who experiences this, actually. Although I was just wondering, um, does it affect the male children of a female? Affects both, yes. Yep. So, for example, a woman who's been abused in a prison of a war camp will obviously have quite a lot of rage towards men as a result of that abuse. That rage towards men is suppressed, so, so any male child will get the full barrage of that rage that she has within herself. And she might, not have, she might not have said anything to them, but those males will get the full barrage of that rage from mum. Does that make sense? And, and, if, and if she has a lot of feelings about herself that were created, that are to do with herself being a woman and feeling angry about herself being a woman because these things happened to her and if she was a man they might not have happened and all those kind of things, then she will also, the, the, the girl will have a lot of those kind of emotions. Angry with themselves, sexually, don't really understand why. Angry with the fact that they're a girl and they don't really understand why. All those kind of emotions. So, you know, again, it's a matter of getting to the actual emotions. And some way, sometimes the best way to do it, if you're the child of a person who's had this trauma, is to actually use your imagination of what it would have been like to live in one of these camps, for example. So my suggestion to any children of these, kind of, uh, of these kind of parents who have experienced trauma as a child in a war is to actually go and read some books about war. Go and read some books about what happened to the women. If you're a woman, what happened to the women in the camp? If you're a man, what happened to men in the camp? Uh, and also the feelings that the woman would have had towards the men. You know, read about these things. This will help you get in contact with some of your own emotions even though you don't have any memories about it because they're not your memories. Does that make sense? Yeah? Sherry, thanks. Uh, I was wondering about it from the opposite, where my dad was born in Manchester in the first year of the war, so it was very scary. Yeah. Um, but does that, how much injury comes through to us depends on how open mum was Correct. to allowing that through? Correct. So if right. mum was really angry with man and really bitter with man, she probably didn't even have any compassion for his, no. for his feelings at all. No. And, and so very little of his feelings would have passed through to you in the womb. Yeah. It would only have passed through to you after you exited the womb. Right. So in other words, after you were born. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. But it's the ones that you, where you're in the womb that have the most powerful effect upon you, of course. So, so if your mum was completely blocked to men... Yep. then that blockage to men would already be within you by the time you're born. Yep. And so the chances of you then absorbing your dad's emotion about it is still fairly low. 
Yes. And this yep. is why you find yourself quite desensitised to any of Steve's emotions. That's right. Yep. yep. Okay, thanks. If we go, Peter. There's a really good book called The Railway Man. Yeah. Um, it's just an awesome book on prisoner war camps. Yeah. There's also a movie, but it's nowhere near as good as the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, that applies to men more than women. There's the, there's the movie, I think it's called Paradise Road or something like that, uh, which is a woman uh, about the women in the camp or what happened to the women in the camp. Um, and, you know, even even movies like Schindler's List and movies like that, I know they're quite traumatic to watch, but for people who have who have had parents going through these kind of things, they're the kind of things that you're going to need to actually address. You'll, you'll find those kind of movies bring up lots of emotions for you. Okay, can we move on to Alwyn? We've actually got your... This one was about your abortions you asked about. I think we've said quite a lot about yeah. that, haven't we? Yeah. In terms and of what needs to happen. And yesterday when I talked to people about abortions, about the, the finding the reason why the choice was made is the key critical thing about that because that's where your addiction was, your willingness to compromise life, a entire life, and compromise and actually revert to murder that you now know to be murder is, is because of the um, justifications you had at the time. And, and if under each justification was an addiction not being met or a fear. Mm. So the key is to find your fears and your addictions that weren't met by you becoming pregnant and then address those particular things. And, and I, that um, the hurt self talk and then the repentance talk actually opened up the opportunity for me to actually go back and do some of that stuff that was so... Helpful. It was yeah. like the first time I thought, because I, I felt like I've been stabbed when you said abortion is murder and you'd like, and then blocked it off since When then. I say abortion is murder, most people who've had an abortion feel that as a judgment. Yeah. Right? I'm just making a statement of a fact, so it's not a judgment towards all of you, those of you who've had abortions, but it is a statement of a fact that you have terminated the life at, without the consent of another person, you have of that person, you have terminated their life, and and basically closed them to a lot of developmental opportunities that they would otherwise have had, and and this is a fairly big, a very big sin in that regard, uh, because it has such a huge effect on other people's lives. So what we need to do is come to terms with the fact of how much of an effect it is on other people's lives, and then find within us the justification as to why we did it. Yeah, because that, that justification is the most is the reason why we did it. Yeah, I've got a contact with some of them. Yeah, but but I've been. I just want to ask, and I I think it's associated because I think it's all associated in my life with that stuff. But um, when I felt little bits of terror, sometimes a feeling comes up at me, and it's a terrible feeling of oh my god, my children are going to have to feel this feeling. Like I I feel the feeling, yeah, and then I think. They're gonna have to, I've done this that they're gonna have to they're gonna have to Yeah. And can I be honest with all of you parents? Once you feel that, your motivation for dealing with all of your own hurt will increase substantially. Because you'll never want to do that again to another person. Does that make sense? The one of the reasons why God gave us the gift of our children was to show us 
what our choices do to them, right? And we need to come to terms with what our choices do to our children and, and it has a significant impact on their life. So this is very important and it's great that you've done that. Okay, where are we up to? Marek? There's Mark at the back there. You've asked the question, why are my two daughters fighting? Can I help Mark with English? Sorry, yes, certainly. Yeah. Certainly uh, help him. Our daughters are angry with each other. They're angry with each other, yes. Yeah, and I would like to ask you to actually you, you, you give I, us some light on that as well. Can I ask you both, how do you feel about each daughter? The older one is angry with me. The younger one is much closer with me. So the younger one is more closer with you? With me. And how is it with Dad? The, um, boy, the older one is very close with Mark. The younger one is, um, I don't know, she likes him a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. So is it, could you say one of you has one, uh, a better relationship with one of the daughters and one of you has a better relationship with the other daughter? Is that how it is? Is it like that? We thought no. <laughs> you think no? We th no. Answer and we have it. a son and our, our boy's daughters are competing for his attention as well. What's that? Yes. This is the part I, yes, I must is, be confused. This is about competition for attention. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying to you quite clearly is that one or both of you have a favour of one of the children over the other. And this is what creates the spirit of competition between the children. They, they, and it doesn't matter what you think, it's what actually happened and what they believe. Does that make sense? And so the key is going to be working through why you favour one over the other and what their feelings are about their personality and their nature and other things like that which cause you to favour one over the other. Does that make sense? They are vying for attention and approval and they're not getting attention and approval from one or both of you in an equal manner. And because of that, they then fight with each other. They're jealous of each other. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yep. Yes, it does. Good day. Thank you very much, Jesus. No worries. Joanne Renfrey, this one is Joe. Yep. Very good question you've asked. Why do I want to see my problems as special or worse than other people's problems? Why do I want to blame external causes? Hmm. Yeah, good question. Why do you? Why do you think you do? Well, what I've got to in the last few days, it's that because I feel um, I have a lot of very low self-worth, I don't feel I'm worth anything. I disagree completely. Okay, yeah, that's all feel, I've got to. I feel it's actually the complete opposite. Okay. You actually feel yourself to be superior. Right. At times, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Joanne, do you get influenced by spirits quite a lot? I think I do. Yep. I think I do. You do? Hmm. hmm. I do. Do you know why? Um, because I don't want to take responsibility myself. Well, no, I, f I feel you're very, very open to being attacked. Okay. Right? Very open to being attacked. Now, going back to your original problem, let's just have a look at it. Um, have you ever been raped in, li in your life? Yes, twice when I was very young. Yep. Have you ever been, uh, like, tortured? Um, maybe emotionally. Okay, but not physically. 
No. no never been tortured. Um, so there's people in this room that have been both of those things, like systematically raped over, over 25, 30 years. Okay. And tortured to death. Yep. Like, so Mary's been in that situation. Sure. So, so your situation certainly isn't worse than other people's. No, I see that. All right? Yeah. So why do you want to believe it is? What, is, what do you get out of the belief? That's the question I need to ask you. Um, I get attention. You get attention. Why do you get attention? You, it's sort of like, it's sort of like you, know, you, you think of two little boys, you know, they've got daddies, right? Two little boys. And one's saying, my daddy's better than you. And the other's saying, no, he's not. My daddy's better than you. My daddy can jump a building. And, and, and the other boy says, no, my daddy can actually get rid of those buildings and knock them all down. And the other boy, you know, they're in competition with each other. And why do they compete in this manner? Um, something to do with how they feel about their fathers? Well, it's really about how they feel about themselves, isn't it? Okay. They, they, they're basically hoping to get some kind of a, approval, attention or feeling of superiority okay. by believing that their daddies are better than the other daddy. Yep. Right? Now, many of us do this with ourselves. If you think about our day-to-day problems, we go, my problems are bigger than yours. Yep. Right? And that's almost a desire, isn't it, to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've got more to deal with than you, and the fact that I'm dealing with it means that I'm a better person than you. Yep. So it's like an addiction to feeling that you're better than others. Okay. That? Yep, that's an addiction. Yep. So, so what would you do with this addiction? How would you confront this addiction? Well, Mary's already told you how to confront your addictions. Um, feel how much I want it. Yeah. So that's where you start. Feel okay. how much you want to feel superior to others. Right. Yep. Can I get you to start there? I will. Yeah. Because okay. that, that is a feeling that you have inside of you. Yeah. Right. If you think in your relationship, one of some of the questions you, you asked this week, even with regard to relationships, you, when I talk to you about giving the, to another person the, your attention and, and, saying, and, and helping them get through to their hurt child, your question was, what about what they do for me? Right. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah, I can see that. There's an automatic feeling of, well, hang on a sec, hang on a sec. Where's me in this? Okay. Right? Yep. So there's a very self-absorbed feeling coming from that kind of questioning. Right. Yep. yep. So the key for you is to look at the addiction you have to, for, to feeling superior and what does it give you. Right. Because yep. it helps you avoid a lot of hurt. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much. No worries. Vlad. Vlad, where is the man? Oh, there he is. Hey yes. there, my friend. Um, why do I still choose to project to females to mother me? I think this week that might have become quite plain to you. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You can see it's an addiction. You can see that obviously your mother uh, created this addiction in you, the desire to do this, and you, you, what do you get to get out of it? What do you get out of mothering? Quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot, if you think about it. Have you thought about how lot, much? Yes, yeah. um, and noticed that this week, probably two nights ago at dinner, I had six ladies sitting around me. Six ladies? Wow, that's pretty good. You do pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of attraction is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you did pretty well with that addiction. You got six of them to feed it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is a great thing for you to observe. 
that, that you obviously want these women around you, helping you out, feeding this addiction. Um, the interesting thing is that I find you a very uh, an in, a person who's who's very uh, what I would classify as able to look after themselves, right? And I do it quite easily. Yeah, and you do it quite easily. So this is more of an emotional thing you're looking at from these women, isn't it? It's not a physical thing, really. It's an emotional thing. You're totally capable of looking after yourself physically, but who cooks most of your dinners at the moment? Yeah. Uh, probably my sister-in-law. Your sister-in-law, yeah. So I would, I would challenge that addiction. So I'd go, hang on a sec, this is me just getting another woman to look after myself. Is that fair to that woman? No, it's not. No. And this is a bit of a trait in your family because Anto does the same thing, right? Your brother, he gets the woman to do most of the cooking, right? So, so this is a trait in your family where you do want the women to do certain things for you. So the part of that is what I would classify as a cultural thing and part of it is to do with an addiction of what you want fed within yourself from these women. But you have quite a lot of self-assurance. You have quite a lot of personal ability. And so a lot of this is to do with specific emotions you want. So that's where you need to have a look at. What are those specific emotions you get when these women give you that kind of attention? And a lot of it is about being loved, a feeling of being loved that you're avoiding feeling like you're not really loved, right? Yep. From women. Yeah. Cool. Good thank day. you. Does that help? Yep, thank you. Okay, Celia. Uh, Celia, she's not here now. She might be out with her son, so I'll leave that one. Joellen? No, here. Yep. Why do I mistrust my own feelings? Do you really? Well, I, I swing with them. I, I get a feeling and then I doubt it or I find ways to justify it or find the argument against it. Yeah, a lot of that goes on. Yeah, the main reason why a person mistrusts their own feelings is that they don't want to feel them. But that's true. <laughs> and that's become very apparent this week. Yes. So, so I would start there. I would, instead of trying to get to your feelings, ask yourself this question, why don't I want to feel my feelings? What okay. am I afraid of? What's going to happen to me when I feel my feelings? Right? <laughs> yep. That's where you need to start. Okay. Right? You, you mistrust your own feelings because it's an addiction mm -hmm. to not having to feel your feelings. Okay. Can, can you see if I, if I have a list of feelings that I know are inside of me and then I, so I'm here, I have a list of feelings that I know, these are all my feelings that are inside of me, right? And I f start feeling the first one and then I mistrust it. Do I have to feel it anymore? No. <laughs> no. And so I go to the next one and I mistrust that. Do I have to feel that one anymore? No, I talk myself out of it all the time. Correct. Yeah. Do I have to feel any of them anymore? No. No, because I can just say to myself, I can't feel that because I don't know if that's real. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. So it's an addiction. Uh, it's, a, it's a very clever internal devious method. Of avoiding your own feelings. Yes, I'm very clever. I'm yeah, very devious. All of us are. All of us are. <laughs> yes. So you just need to be aware of that and start saying to yourself that this is an addiction that you use to avoid your feelings. It's okay. a method of controlling the flow of feelings. Right. Do you follow me? Yep. Thank you. So look at why you want to do that. Thanks. And that's all about fear, right? Sure is. It yeah, sure is. Yeah. Okay. How am I going now? Done those. Done those. Done those. 
I'm down to my last page. Okay. That's done. That's done. Yeah, Felix. Let's go to Felix. He's here. This is a big problem uh, that I'd like to mention to many of you, actually. So let's talk about Felix, what he's raised here. He says, I have a lot of trouble making decisions, finding out what I'd really like to do with my life. Right? Can I suggest to you, Felix, that almost everything that I said to my friend Glenda over there yeah. applies to you? It's, yeah, okay. You're hooking almost totally into what the woman might want from you. Yeah. Also, you get something else out of it too, and that is you get to have to not take responsibility yeah. for the outcome yeah. of your choice. You can always go back to a woman and blame her for the outcome of your choice. Yeah, uh, I, yeah no, no, I don't like making decisions. Correct. I, I don't like taking responsibility. No, yeah. no. So this it. is an issue with self-responsibility as well. You don't want to take self-responsibility. And my, that's an addiction to avoid yeah. your will. Yeah. So one thing that will help you immensely if you go back to Mary's talk on the first day and look at the issues of reason why you avoid your own will and oh, taking responsibility for your own will. That was a strengthening one's will to love talk. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that talk. Because there's a lot of things in there for you as to reason why you don't do it. If you look at your addictions involved with this problem, you'll find that there's quite a lot of reasons why you don't want to take personal responsibility for your life. Okay. Yeah. Great. And you want some women to come along and define a lot of your life and to be I, honest with I you... I want something outside, yeah. Yeah, but you're... To be honest with you, yeah. if you're not careful, you'll attract a woman who will totally dominate your entire life. Okay. Right. Thanks for warning me. Yeah, that's not, that's not good for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Okay. Okay, thanks. Let's go to Dane. Where is Dane at the moment? Over here. Dane, good question. Why am I giving my will away? You've realised that a lot of your physical illnesses and so forth and your physical problems are a result of you being completely open to attack. And your openness to attack is about giving your will away. You've been taught from a very young age to give your will away. Can I suggest what the biggest problem is with that? Yeah. You are terrified yeah. of engaging your own will because of events of your childhood. Okay. All right. So I suggest to you there's been some fairly severe, there has to have been some fairly severe like feelings of rage and anger projected at you in your childhood that have caused you to be so afraid of engaging your own will that you now just get rid of any desire to do so. Yeah, yep. Yep. So the thing that's going to help you a lot is to stop using physical methods of avoiding this. Because you off so yeah, you yeah. often you know, you've changed you've heavily changed your diet, you've you know, you've done a whole lot of things to yeah, try yeah. to fix up all of these issues that are going on in here, right? In this area of your body. Yep. And and the problem with that is that you're actually avoiding the deep terror that's causing these issues in your body. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're very terrified of getting attacked and hurt and abused if you engage your will. Yep. And unfortunately, you've now attracted a large group of spirits around you who are happy to torment you 
yep. physically and emotionally so because of this problem. So in <laughs> other words, you were taught this from some kind of abuse that occurred in your childhood and then what is happening is you're now open to being abused all the time. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. And once you grieve the abuse of your childhood and particularly the fear you have about the rage that was either expressed or unexpressed towards you that caused you to stop wanting to do anything for yourself, yeah, yeah. Right? once you let yourself go through that emotion, you'll disconnect from these spirits gradually. Okay. And as these spirits disconnect from you, they'll disconnect from your second, third chakra areas in your body, right? And then all of your digestive issues will start improving okay. automatically. And the responses to the digestive issues will also start improving. Does that make cool. sense? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Jesus. Good day. Um, Raj. You've asked a question about a car accident and emotions between two people involved. Who were involved in this car accident? Elu and I. Who? Elu, Wayans. Ah, oh, and you. Yes. And you attracted an accident while you were travelling together. Well, she wanted to learn to drive. She wanted to learn to drive. Okay, yes. And what does Raj do? Wayan asked me to teach her how to use the gears. Yes. Once we proceeded to look at using the gears, I realised she had a steering problem, which was far worse than the gears. Than the gear problem. So and, uh, and that caused some damage to your own vehicle, I gather. Well, fortunately, we had a lot of trees, so we used the trees to fine-tune the steering. The steering issue, right. And yes, we right. did very well, and by the second day, she was doing great. Right. On the way back from the second one, she said, just one more run. And I said, yep. And so we did one more run, and the last tree, as we came up to it, I can only say that her foot slipped off the, off the brake onto, onto the, the accelerator, accelerator yeah. and the little car accelerated from five miles an hour to what seemed like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and she, at the same time, she wrenched the wheel right over as hard as it would possibly go yeah. and drove straight into the tree mid-on. <laughs> yeah, okay. And the question is, what, 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 what's going on in there? Well, it's pretty obvious, Raj. Go on then. And can I suggest to you the reason why it's not obvious to you is because you are like one of these male children who has been totally dominated by a big mummy yep. who can't see anything that he's doing. And in fact, you actually currently still believe that everything you do for a woman makes you a good man. Right? And the reality is you're willing to do anything for a woman, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem with doing anything for the woman is you, you don't even analyze the logic in it or the whether it's advisable, whether it's safe or whether it's any of these things. You just go ahead and do it. Right. right? Because you get what from pleasing the woman? Oh, I guess I get approval. Yeah. Acceptance, you get love, yeah. you get everyone thinks that all these yeah. women think you're a nice fellow. Nice yeah. There's a lot of a sexual worth involved in your mm -hmm. doing things for women. Right? And you don't want to feel the terrible, unworthy feelings that are inside of you no, that you're actually That's, that's true, yeah. Yeah. You see that. So you need to start seeing these doing things for women as, a, as, a, as a, an addiction rather than a good thing. So you've, mm. not gone from, you've not gone from the step from denial to seeing that it's a sin yet. You, yeah. you think it's a good thing internally. There's a feeling inside of you it's a good mm. thing. It's just embedded in there. Yeah. yeah. And if you think of some of your male friends, many of them have the same issue. 
They yes. all think doing these things for the woman is a good thing. That's yeah, true. But there's actually quite a lot of very intense demands upon the woman while you're doing it, and you're not even seeing that. And these intense demands are the woman's got to give you a whole series of feelings. Does that make sense? Yes. That will validate the feeling that you're a good man while you're doing these things for them. And you're not seeing how strongly those demands are coming out of you at mm. all at this point. So my suggestion is to start at the point of seeing the addiction, feeling the addiction. Right. It's playing out in your life everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. With your wife, with other women. It plays mm. out in your life everywhere. Even in your daily interactions. You enjoy interactions with women far more than you do with men. And this is because the addictions are getting met frequently. So mm. see where it's playing out in your life. Examine where it's playing out in your life. So that was a law of attraction event. Correct. Deliberately to bring it's that to It's trying to show you that attention. you're actually often frequently doing dangerous things with women, even dangerous to your own health and well-being right. and your own life, just to please them. Right. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <Mary was laughs> Sorry, Betty, you want to say something? Uh, I just yeah. wanted to mention that Ilu actually recounted that event to me. Yeah. And throughout the recounting, she was actually quite upset at Raj that she had crashed. He didn't save her from crashing yes. the car into the tree. Yeah. And, and she has some pretty big addictions as well with men. Right. So I spoke to her about her wanting men to take responsibility for her fear. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting that for Raj, that was okay really. You were standing there while she was sort of pointing, she was sort of pointing the finger at Raj like he didn't save me when she was driving. Yeah, so she was driving and she's blaming you for the accident. Yes. yes. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> there, there's the amount of stuff yeah. coming at you from women. I think she was blaming me more because I didn't stop it, but it was, it was impossible to stop. How could you stop it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, she's in control. She's like, the one in the driver's pull, seat. Pull the brake on. <laughs> but, but this is what a lot of women are doing enough. to you, to your life. Mm. They're in the driver's seat of your life. Right. And then when something goes wrong, they blame you. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even see that. Yeah. Like, mm. Like, and how do you feel? How, how are you going to, if you really connect to this feeling, you'll go, hang on a sec, I wasn't driving, right. you know? I wasn't the person doing it. I was trying to do you a favour and you ruined my car. <laughs> like, and she's angry with you for ruining mm. your car from, give, from you giving a gift. Like, how unjust is that? Yes. And, and you don't even see the injustice. No, I didn't see At it. At the time, it was like... It's, you're impervious yeah. to actually seeing and observing the total injustice of what's going on. Yeah. Well, and left feeling responsible. Well, no, I suggest to you it's not so much feeling responsible but feeling you, you, you want the addiction met so badly, mm. you're willing to skip over so many things with what's really going on. You're creating women monsters, Raj. Right. Do you oh, understand? Thank you. You're creating women <laughs> monsters. By enabling right. their very unloving behaviour without yeah. any without any confrontation of it. Yes. So, so this is a lack of courage with women. You, you're doing it for something mm. you want, and you've yeah. got to see this thing that's going on. Great. Thank yep. you very much. Yeah, and really and so can I say to you, a small accident better than a bigger one? Yes, that was big enough. Yeah, that was Thank big you. enough. Yeah. You don't want bigger ones. No. So you know, this is showing you that this problem is out of hand. And the more it gets out of hand, the bigger the attraction events will be. Hmm. So you just got to be careful that you just don't ignore it some more and yeah. attract even bigger events here. Okay. Thank you sense? very much. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. that. A lot of men die because of women and what they want. Uh, I'm, I'm talking literally. 
They do die because of women and what they want. Every man that goes to war dies because of women and what they want. Yeah, see, you hadn't thought about that one, had you? Like, why do men go to war and not women? Die? To protect women because we want to be protected. Correct. How? Um, I'm realising with my issues on this with women too that the lack of courage that I have has caused me to have some pretty heavy relationships. Yeah. And instead of taking more responsibility of what I was attracting in the relationship, I've also blamed the woman yep. and just and then try to placate them to make it nice yeah. afterwards. Yeah. It's a messy circle. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. And there are so many problems with intergender relationships, right? But one of the... See, most women on this planet believe that they don't participate in war and they're so self-righteous about it that the reality is their emotion is the man must protect, protect me under all circumstances and under all situations. He's got to provide for me. He's got to look after me. He's got to give me a sense of worth and approval. And he's got to even go to war for me if, because I don't want to go to war. right? I don't, want to, I don't want to have the confrontation. I want man to do it. right? So many of you are not realising that there's many millions of men who have died in the past because of this emotion of women and they're trying to get the woman's approval and they try to do what the woman wants. And most men on this planet believe it's the right thing to do. They do. They all believe that, yeah, the woman should stay home. A man should go off to war if that's what's going to happen, right? And you're not seeing, the women on the planet are not seeing that they're actually a large contributor to the wars on this planet. Yeah. I'm not saying they're the only contributors because obviously the man's deciding through his lack of courage to confront the woman and her fears and addictions, he's deciding to go off to war himself and that's a pretty bad decision. So I'm not saying, but, but women are 50% culpable for every war that's ever occurred. Don't think that you're better than the men because you didn't go. <laughs> right? Okay, Diana. What's my biggest blocks to be becoming more receptive to my guides and more open to knowing them? Mm. I feel you're pretty receptive to spirits. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Right, so I don't feel it's a communication problem. He's a man, like. And I feel like, you know what, he just doesn't meet the addictions. It's How do you know it's a man? Oh, Anto, when he channeled my guide. Right. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was a woman before that. You so thought it was a woman, yeah. Yeah, yep. because of my The reality is you, the most, you are the most open to very dark women spirits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and these women spirits, what you call guidance is what they feed you daily in order to induce you to take actions that they feel you should take and many of them are unloving. Yep. Yeah, I've been becoming much more aware of that and I can't agree. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't agree. Right. I I I feel you're just right at the beginning of any awareness of this problem. Okay. It's a very large problem yep. in your life and even your desire to counsel the man is yep. totally driven by these women and the power they want over men. Do you understand? Yep. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Yep. And this happens frequently in a relationship with Al, yep. right? Yep. So 
you need to be aware of what's really going on here, which is, and at this stage I feel you're not very aware at all. Okay. It feeds some of your addictions. So you've got to ask yourself, what addictions does it feed? Yeah. Yep. So yep. start there. Yep. What do you get out of feeling like you know everything about any situation? Oh, yeah, it's awful. I, like I feel like, oh, I'm superior, I know something, I've got some power. I... No, it's not awful. Oh, yeah, this is... Uh, yeah. It's not awful. Yeah. There's your judgment. I but know. Also, yeah. You don't think it's awful because oh. you do it every time. Okay. <laughs> so you don't think it's awful. So don't give me, don't yeah. spin me yarns. Yeah, like. no. It's just, it's my fear of other people's judgment and seeing me as I really am, I guess. I don't agree. Oh, right. No? See, this is where you're, I feel you're in total denial of the actual emotion. Okay. You're going to need to be a lot more honest with you because yep. the emotions inside of you are darker than that. Okay. So. <laughs> I won't go okay. through it with you here. I'm saying okay. to you quite clearly, yep. the emotions in you are not the ones you've hit on already because otherwise things would have changed. Yep. And they haven't changed. Okay. You're still doing the same thing, particularly with men. Mm-hmm. So this is an indication that it hasn't changed. Right. It's, it's great you've attracted some kind of relationship in order to address some of these issues, mm-hmm. but, but it's interesting you've attracted a relationship with a woman pleaser oh, yeah, yeah. who in the past free, freely admits that he's had lacked the courage to, to actually confront the woman and her unhealed emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you have attracted such a man? Oh, just so I could continue to feed my own addictions. Well, and no, and that's not what you tell yourself. What you tell yourself, uh, he might be my soulmate. That's why I've attracted him. Mm. Yeah. You tell yourself that it's a good thing inside of you that caused you to attract him. You, you, haven't, you haven't seen that actually know that there's some things going on here between the two of you where you're getting a lot of addictions met through the process and and this is where I say to you, you yeah. have yet to really be honest about what's going okay, on. Okay, so I'm sort of starting to... You're just think, starting? Yeah, you know, yeah. This week would have it. helped you a bit. Oh, it has, yeah. heaps. Yeah. But, but what is needed too is for Al to be a lot more honest about what's really going on with what he feels from you. Yeah. Yeah, because there is a deep feeling of superiority in, yeah. you, in the relationship. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Good day. Okay, Matthew, here is he, Maddie. Why am I sexually projecting to males with codependent mum relationships and absent dads? Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious, Matt. Why well, are you? Well, that's, that's it's like myself. I'm wondering why that makes me feel sexually attracted like um yeah if you think about what men with codependent who are codependent with their mothers mm. why does that make you feel sexually turned on can you see you've had codependency with mothering women yes yes so much so you actually had a relationship with one yes right so, so why does this turn you on? That's the real question, isn't it? What? Why does the codependent relationship with I, a woman, a male's codependent relationship with a woman, why does that turn you on? What What does it give you? Oh, I guess a feeling of worth. Well, it, what? Hmm. See. 
It's not a place where you've gone emotionally, even thinking-wise. No, you not yet. I'll have there, right? to spend some so time. So what you're going to need to do, if I can give you some advice, just quick advice. Thank you. What you're going to need to do first is go, okay, I have had codependent relationship with a mum figure with whom, with whom I had a sexual relationship. This is, I'm talking about you now. You need to say, because yes. you have. Yeah, I mean, yes, I have. I didn't really feel much sexual attraction, though. No, but you had a sexual relationship yes. right against all of your soul-based leanings. Absolutely. Which is a pretty intense... It was awful. Yeah, to it was do int- that requires yeah. quite a lot of suppression. Yes. So there was a big addiction getting met. A big addiction getting met. Yes. And this addiction also then causes you to feel really open when you notice another male also doing the same thing you would feel attracted to other men who do the same thing with their mums, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so you're very, it makes you sexually open to be able to, to, to observe this somehow. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so I'd have to look at my own relationship with my mum and the sexual stuff that was going on between us. Correct. You've, you, oh, I've been in a lot of denial of that, AJ. Yes, you have. I agree. And that book that Wayne mentioned earlier? Yeah, I wrote very, it down. <laughs> very important. For you to have a read of. Okay, thank you so much yeah. for that. Thanks. You need to become aware of what's going on here. It what happens internally, emotionally, is yeah. that is the emotion opens up certain chakras within your body and that causes you to feel sexually attractive. Does that make sense? So when you notice a man doing what you do with women, mm. that, and this is why a lot of men gay men do this. Right? They they often have very, very codependent relationships with mummy figures. Or women, right? Yes. Because there's a lot of things they get out of it in terms of acceptance, approval, and all these other things. But they, that basically turns them on. They're not attracted to the woman themselves, but it actually opens up the flow of sexual energy in their own bodies. Does that make sense? That's why they do it. That's why they feel drawn to do it. That's so, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, so what happens inside of you okay. is... Yeah. This even just observing this relationship yeah. causes an opening of sexual energy flow inside of you. So there's got to be something that you need to start investigating. And I don't want to tell you what it is. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel yeah. like you haven't even begun the process of no, that. Well, I'll begin the process. I'll get into the process of that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. You need to take some responsibility and start. Looking, I do. Start yeah. looking at that issue. You've been in total denial of your relationship with your mum because obviously your dad's been a pretty intense man, right? Yeah. You think of your childhood. They were both really intense, to we be honest. Both really intense, but your dad was more so. He was violent. You know, your mum's told you stories of him wanting to kill you and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. So. So even though I've been really angry at my mum's like, uh, like all like awful behaviour at me, I still haven't really wanting to. You still there's something there's something about a woman's oppression of a man that, that turns it does it turns it turns me on yeah okay and you've got to have a look at what that is thanks is what I'm suggesting thanks good eye well I think that's everyone well everyone they put their name on the list put it that way how'd you find that yeah hopefully that's helped you just have a beginning of those awarenesses now. Can I just leave you with one thought before we get on to our, our real subject matter today? And that is take personal responsibility for your lives. 
you are going, after today, you are going back to your normal day-to-day life. Right? You won't have people telling you what to do. You won't have people showing you what to do. You won't, you're going to have to exercise your ability, your desire to know. When you do that, God wants to tell you. God, God's, God's a loving God. God always wants to tell you the truth. If you're not receiving truth from God, it's because you don't want to know. Right? Just assume you don't want to know if you're not receiving it. And then ask yourself what you don't want to know and whether you really want to use your will to discover the things you don't want to know. Because without using your will to discover things you don't want to know, you will never find out the truth. And it doesn't matter how much somebody tells you, like I've told you things for some of you for five years and some of those things are still things you're asking questions about today. That's because you didn't want to know. See that. See what's the cause of these particular issues. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, what we're going to do is have a break. Uh, it's a, a break. Oh, what's the time? It's uh, 12.41.